0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey guys, the Audioverse Awards are coming up and I have been nominated. Check out their feed of nominees by searching for the Audioverse Awards nominee showcase podcast wherever you get your podcasts. More on that next month as it gets closer to the time. In the meantime, there's still tons of stuff on the Patreon at patreon.com slash woe underscore begone instrumentals season soundtracks the diary of eliza schultz director's commentary and so much more thanks to my 10 newest patrons gray rick platinum monica quirk jesse grace clid micah haley maple autumn alex lemire in 13 e86 allison bourgeois and melvis gray mystery for supporting the show enjoy warning this episode contains a description of a domestic dispute listener discretion is advised Oh, hey, that's it. Those are the messages. That's the sound of the messages coming in. And I guess there's going to be a lot of them, and the real directions are going to be in the middle one, so we're going to have to wait a while. Yep. Yep, that's total gibberish. A654JGVM ampersand KJ asterisk. Fun stuff, fun stuff. Oh, yeah, we we get it. This is all mysterious and whatever. You're the spooky online alternate reality game. I'm totally spooked. What could all of this mean? So mysterious. Wow. <sighs> well, I guess I could check the notes while they come in. Uh, Donnie and Brendan, huh? Donnie and Brendan. And you've already got the voice thing going, right? Like, it'll sound it'll sound good on their end? They won't know it's me? If it's, if it's Ryan, he won't know it's me? Uh Uh-huh, good, good. I'm not going to lie, I'm nervous. This is weird. Donnie and Brendan. An adult man going by Donnie. I mean, glass stones, stone houses. You should not throw a house through a glass window, whatever the saying is. There we are. Now we can finally inspect the damage. And messages and yep we did it i mean you guys did it same message as mine almost call up your brother in the middle of the night and leave him a voicemail about the last time you fought tell him that you don't forgive him that's familiar if he answers hang up and call again until you get the voicemail send us the recording w.bg it worked that sounds perfect that sounds like the fight from the briefing that you put together for me which means that that ought to do it it's game time And the number to call is right here. Since all of you guys are new to this, let me walk you through it. We signed up on the website and put in the burner number. We didn't tell them anything else about who I was. And that's when you guys fed them Donnie's information, like however classified way that you did that. So Wobegon looked into Donnie and found someone close to him that died. And then found some sort of high-intensity experience that happened right after that, using their surveillance technology. I guess it's possible that there are instances where somebody dies and nobody fights about it, but that has to be like the smallest minority of cases. I think they can reliably find one of these events every time, likely within a couple days of the death. Then they blindside the player with knowledge of this argument. Again, the player doesn't have any way of ascertaining exactly how Wobegon figured this out, and that moves the game out of the realm of perceived fiction into the player's reality. So this isn't like a YouTube series with Slenderman in it anymore. This is an entirely different beast. And then the reality of the situation encourages players to go through with the first challenge, and then the first challenge results grease the wheels so that the players are willing to bust out the amputation instruments on the second challenge to keep their loved one alive, and so on. And so that's what Donnie is experiencing right now as he reads through this message and gets ready to call his brother. He doesn't know what's going on or what will happen or that he's bringing his brother back to life. And so that's how I'll be acting. By the way, it's actually 1.18 a.m., right? I'm supposed to call in the middle of the night, and the phone says 118, but you won't let me know what time anything is, so yeah okay. I mean I would prefer if it was actually 118, but the middle of the night is fine. Okay, I'm ready when you guys are. Alright, let's do this. Uh quiet everyone. I don't suppose that them picking up on the earpiece would be very good for our operation. So uh full silence. Okay, I'm turning on the recording app on three, and then calling the brother. Okay. One. Two. Three. Come on, Brendan, please don't pick up. Please don't pick up. Please don't make this hard. What am I doing? Am I really doing this for this online shit? He's gonna be so fucking mad at me. Man, this better be worth it. Oh my god. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press 5. Hey, um Brendan, it's me. It's it's Donnie. Um I'm sorry to bother you so late. I was pretty sure you'd be asleep, so maybe you'll see this in the morning. Honestly, I'm glad I got your voicemail. I don't know what I'd do if you answered, but uh, I was thinking about Toph again. I know, it's probably not best to linger on it for so long like we have. I know that I get worked up any time that I try to talk to anyone about him, but I want to talk about him. I can't sleep. I've got a wild hair up my ass to talk about it, and since you didn't pick up, I'm just going to talk about it. You're not awake to tell me not to. It's been weighing on me pretty heavily recently. Heavier than normal. Heavy enough to call you out of the blue even after all that. After everything we went through. Maybe when you wake up in the morning you can listen to this and understand better? What a fucking funeral, right? (laughs) That's what tore us apart more than Toaf dropping dead out of nowhere. I mean, we hardly ever saw the guy anymore. Maybe that made it worse. Knowing that we blew our chance to ever see him again outside of a funeral home... One last look at the guy, and he's staring at us from the other side of the uncanny valley. Fucking weirdo, that guy. And everybody knew it. Our brother, though, remember that. I really wish you would remember that. I've been going through his shit recently, like the stuff from his house that I didn't toss out. There wasn't much. It's not like anyone needed a busted old microwave or a ratty couch, I threw those out. I think that couch was older than he was, no idea where he got it. All I kept were a few paintings, five, I think there were, and a journal of his. I flipped through it, it was from high school. He kept it with him all of those years. Nothing in there from after he graduated. I wonder why he kept it with him all of that time. A bunch of doodles in there, better than anything I could draw. The rest is embarrassing teenager stuff. After I read it, I rooted through my garage and found my old journals, and I tossed them in the fireplace. When I kick the bucket, you are not digging through my old shit like that. I won't let you. There won't be anything to dig through, I can promise you. And if anyone is going to be doing the digging, it is not going to be you, Brendan. I wonder if I'm making you nervous, subjecting you to this. I'm clearly going somewhere and I know that you aren't too fond of the places that I take you when I get to talking like this. I'm fine though, there's nothing to worry about, nobody's in danger, I just wanna talk. And you're not going to like what I have to say to you, but it needs to be said. Something needs to be said. What happened last time we were together did not have a period at the end of it. Or maybe it had too many periods at the end of it. Either way, it needs an ending. It needs someone to mercy kill it after all this time. To put it all out there and let the situation die with dignity. It needs closure. I need closure. And I'm here to take what happened between us and shoot it in the head. To release it from the endless sputtering on, bleeding all over everything that it comes into contact with. Sorry for the violent metaphor, but it's appropriate. We need to clean this up. I'm doing better, by the way. I still have trouble getting out of bed in the morning, but my wife helps. I don't even notice anymore until I need to bend and pick something up off the ground, or sometimes if I'm in the car, I need to turn all the way around and grab something out of the back seat from the front. I thought you'd like to know that I'm doing better. But what an awful funeral! Did you know anyone besides our families and mom? I didn't. I guess we both moved out of town before he met any of those people. I felt like I didn't belong at my own brother's funeral. Like it was a party where I only knew the host, except the host was dead. Fucking depressing. It rained, it was cold out, it was like one of those shitty funerals they have in the movies where everyone's miserable. Not like Dad's at all, his was almost too cheery. I was already on edge. Me and Laura got in a spat trying to find the cemetery. I get on edge when I can't understand where the fucking GPS is taking me, the rain made it hard to see, and I was terrified about what I'd find at the funeral. And Then I got there, and I had to try not to die of hypothermia while all these strangers mourned my brother dying. And it had been a long time since I'd heard from you, too, and I knew that we are all going to be staying at Mom's house for a few days, and I was scared of what that was going to be like. I was dreading it before you had a chance to do anything, and that's on me, I guess. I was my own worst enemy the entire time. But I was thinking about that moment, after the funeral, after everyone else had gone home or was en route to go home and it was just me and you and our parents' home like old times... Like old times except no Tof. Tofu was always there when we come home for the summer because he hadn't left yet, so really, it wasn't like old times at all, was it? It was like old times if someone had blasted through them with a shotgun. As I'm saying this, I can see exactly how it was a recipe for disaster. We'd both been blown apart. In that moment, it just felt disquieting. I don't think that either of us could tell what was about to happen. I started shouting first, right? You were casting some stupid YouTube shit to the television and I yelled at you to turn that shit off. Fucking political talking head shit. I was not in the mood. We had just buried our little brother, for Christ's sake. And you want to listen to the news? Not even the news, just some jackass with a camera talking about the news. And of course, you shouted back at me, because what would this family be if we didn't shout at each other all the fucking time, right? And if it had been any other day, it could have ended right there. I probably would have just slunk off into the other room, and you could watch TV or whatever, and I could go pout. I definitely would have not been in the mood to pull some Biggest Brother shit on you. But of course this wasn't any other day. It was the day that we saw Topher's corpse. And I don't even know how we made it from me yelling at you about the TV to you yelling at me about what a fuck up Toph was. I've racked my brain about this. I mean, I'm calling you because I can't stop thinking about it. I can't remember how the subject changed so fast. I think you wanted to say it. I think that you were waiting for any opportunity to say it. No matter what I had said, we were going to argue about toef right then and there. Even if I had shut my lip and said nothing at all and let some idiot blather on the TV about politics, you would have found a way to weasel it in there. You were dying to say it. And I was dying to fight you. I knew what you thought of toef and I knew that you were going to say something, and I knew that we were going to fight. I wanted to get pissed at you. I wanted to tell you off because I knew how long you had felt that way. Even when we were all in the house together, I had to protect him from you. Pathetic middle brother envy, like you were the goddamn character in a sitcom. Boo-hoo, he stole your attention away from you. You weren't the baby anymore, and you spilled it out on his grave like you didn't have decades to get over yourself. I got over you being born just fine if you hadn't noticed. So Topher was dead unmistakably dead and you had the audacity to tell me that he didn't make enough of himself what the fuck does that mean brendan that he never rose to the prestigious rank of insurance salesman like yourself before he died that he only had one messy divorce and not two there was a lot about making it in the world as a low-life middle child that you didn't get to teach him what a crying fucking shame maybe he made out better than both of us he lived in a dingy, dimly lit apartment doing God knows, but probably more free time than either of us will see in our lives, and exited before he could die from whatever heart disease will kill the two of us when we turn 60 just like it did Dad and Grandpa. <laughs> I'm mad now, you probably noticed, but I was so mad then that I didn't even get to articulate any of that while you were shouting at me. All I could do was throw the remote at the TV. Those new flat screens break so easy, how was I supposed to know? I didn't mean to break it, but I also didn't mean to not throw the remote at it either. And then I stood up because it felt like all my muscles were contracting at once, and then you stood up because I stood up, and then I guess that's where the real fighting started. I was so ready to fight. Thank God Mom wasn't home. Thank God Dad was dead and wasn't there to see us. Thank God Toph was dead. Thank God nobody knows what happened in that house that night between the two of us. Thank God my wife bought the story that I threw my back out trying to move Toaf's fridge out of his apartment before we had to pay another month's rent. It didn't help the next morning that I actually did have to move that fucking fridge. My back still isn't right again yet, by the way. I mean, where do you get off shoving your brother onto the ground flat on his back? Fucking asshole. We're getting old, Brendan. I don't heal up after a night's rest anymore. We're getting old and we're starting to drop. This was the second funeral. There are going to be more, and they're going to have shorter and shorter breaks between them for the next 25 years until our hearts give out, and we are the funerals that get shorter and shorter for someone else. And then we're the ones that people are arguing wasted their entire lives, not doing much of anything. And then we're the ones whose entire lives are scrutinized as people who don't know us as well as they thought they did pour over everything in our houses after we're gone. And you think that you're any different than Topher? Give me a break. I don't know what Topher was up to. Kate said that she thought that he got involved in the mob or something after she left him, but the fuck does she know? I've never seen a Messier divorce in my entire life. What could she know about whatever he was doing? It's not like he was inviting her to participate in his life. He hated that woman. Probably more than she deserved, but that that doesn't matter now. And maybe he was involved in some bad stuff. Maybe his apartment was made up to look like a freak accident. But people die from CO2 poisonings all the time. Their houses fill up while they're asleep and CO2 makes them drowsy, and it doesn't have an odor, so they simply never wake up. Maybe that's what happened to Toph. Maybe someone made that happen to Toph. It seems like something that would be pretty easy to rig up if you wanted to make someone never wake up again. It definitely felt wrong. It felt wrong from a mile away. Before I got the call, something felt wrong. Before I could have known anything at all. When I was at work that day, minding my own business, not having spoken to Toph in weeks, Mom called my cell phone, and before she could even get the words out through all of the wailing, I knew that it was Topher. I knew that she wasn't calling to say that he was hurt. I knew before I answered that she was calling to tell me that Topher was capital D dead. What the fuck does that say about me? That I knew what was going to happen? What sort of bizarre, cursed psychic am I? Why can't I ever predict something useful? Like that my little brother is going to fuck my back up after the funeral if I throw the remote at the TV. That would have made getting up in the morning easier. But no, I am not privy to that sort of information. I am only privy to hurting before I get the chance to be told what I am hurting about. To maximize how long I get to hurt. To spend a longer time taking painful things to my grave with me. To increase the weight a little bit more than it had to be increased. That's what I get for being a psychic. Maybe Toph did have some dark shit going on. I didn't poke around on his computer too much out of respect for his privacy. I think that anyone looking at a dead relative's computer is bound to find something that they don't want to find, and if you don't want to find something, don't go looking for it. Toph is not coming back to explain himself. He is dead. It does not matter. What I saw while I was closing everything and shutting everything down was strange. I didn't understand it. It looked like it might have been some deep web stuff, crypto, or whatever. I never understood any of that shit. Unless something on there proved that someone killed him and who it was so that I could return the favor, there's nothing on that computer for me, for either of us. Whatever he was up to before he died doesn't matter. It isn't our business. It doesn't change anything. And so I destroyed the computer, beat that fucker with a sledgehammer until it was shards of metal and plastic. Good fucking bye. Would I have done it if I knew that it was going to make you furious with me? Yes, of course I would. What did you even want that was on that computer? Proof that he was a bad guy? Yeah, that's it. Somehow your opinion of him wasn't low enough. You wanted to twist the knife just a little bit further into your dead brother. You wanted proof he was an awful person or was into weird shit because you wanted vindication for how you treated him his entire life. It certainly wasn't to hold him accountable. He's fucking dead. And you didn't hate him because he was a bad guy. You hated him long before he got a chance to be a bad guy. He never stood a chance with you. You know that. You know that and it makes you feel like an asshole. Hmm, I wonder why. Maybe it's because you're a fucking asshole. I would smash that computer all over again in a heartbeat. I would smash it with you watching me. I would get in that fight all over with you again with a smile on my face so i guess i need to circle back around to why i called you i feel like i've been talking into your voicemail for forever at this point why i called started out open-ended i just wanted to talk about Topher, and now i have talked about Topher, and that means that certain possibilities have been excluded as conclusions to this message because no matter which way you slice it i am not over anything my face is red i can feel it without looking in the mirror my blood pressure is not under control. My doctor's mad at me because I eat like shit, but what can you do? My point is, I'm still mad. I'm still as mad as the night that we fought. I'm still mad that Toph is dead. I'm still mad at how you responded. Sometimes it erupts out of me when I'm in the middle of something else, and I can't even tell why my body is choosing this opportunity to get angry. I got lunch yesterday and got angry when the cashier repeated my order back to me correctly. This has not been dealt with. It lingers in the back of my throat, waiting for the opportunity to breathe fire on anyone unlucky enough to talk to me. And part of that is the result of my little brother who is dead and who is never coming back to life. But part of it is from the other little brother who for some reason thinks this whole situation is fucking below him. It wouldn't be okay if it was, but that makes it so much fucking worse. So I called to tell you that I don't forgive you. There. There, that's me. That's me throwing the remote again. I don't care anymore. There isn't any way to extinguish this, so at least let me have a release valve. I don't forgive you. I don't envision a path to forgiveness. I'm never going to sit in a room with a shrink and talk about these shitty feelings and find my softness or what the fuck ever. I'm going to die not forgiving you. And when they find me dead on the floor of a heart attack when I'm 60, you can tell everyone else that I never really amounted to much. Because none of us did. And if you live long enough that no one's able to say that about you at your funeral, that's just too fucking lucky, isn't it? That's it. That's what I called to say. And scene. <laughs> that was fun. You guys like that? It was fun, I got really emotional, I got, I got, I got like actually emotional. Alright, how was that? I mean, I don't actually know any of Cannonball's family, so I went with the notes that you gave me, I hope that was alright. It doesn't have to be perfect, right? It's not like Brennan or whoever is gonna see it. I mean, I assume. John never got the voicemail that I left for him, because that voicemail never existed. So it doesn't matter that some of that stuff was made up, right? Like most of what I made up was Donnie's feelings, so it's not like they can check. My understanding is that the game runners won't know the difference, like the flinchite technology masking and all that. I mean, I stuck almost entirely to what you guys told me, so it should pass the smell test. It was a lot like my phone call, like building and building until it went way off the rails and by the time that I said that I didn't forgive him, I was starting to believe it. And then the waves of regret just make you feel all that much more manipulated until all of a sudden Matt's alive again. So we'll know in the morning if it worked. That's. That's when I knew after my first challenge. I woke up and it slowly dawned on me that Matt was back. So now Donnie goes to sleep and he wakes up to discover that Cannonball is alive again, living his life from the time between the game runners killing him and um, whatever time I'm in or whatever time you sent that to. I really might need a briefing if I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to need to know how long it's been when I go to see him. I mean, I know that's against protocol, though. You better set me up really nice after this. Donnie Evans is about to need to go out into the real world and start the bloodshed. That means that I still need to make it look like I'm living a normal-ass fucking life in the suburbs. (laughs) Sorry, I'm still coming out of the character. I was doing sort of like a take-no-prisoners guy who swears a whole fucking lot at his asshole brother. I mean, that's sort of the impressions I got from your notes. Anyway, the second challenge requires a video, which means it will need to look like I am in a house in order to sell that I am a real person. I'm sure that costuming or whoever will make sure that I look like I'm supposed to. All of the rest of the challenges involve going out in a way that I can't do if I'm stuck here in the Flinchite compound. That's my expert opinion, by the way, unless you have some disposable police officers around. It's not like you have to let me out from under your thumb. You can still keep all eyes on me. I'm only asking for somewhere to lay my head at night. Because Donnie fucking Evans over here is about to have to cut his fucking left arm off at the shoulder, you know. Damn. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. Milk Walters, the Wogan Boy is not available. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. his left arm off at the shoulder. Press five.